0: You're listening to Game Time in the Triangle. I'm your host, Trisha Williamson. On today's episode, I welcome Cardinal Gibbons alum, Monty Sanders, who is now the assistant men's basketball coach for Campbell University. Last week on Friday Night Rivals, it was South Garner High School versus Clayton High School. Clayton came into the matchup with a five and one record against South Garner's three and four record. The first quarter started off with a strong showing from Clayton's quarterback, Jonathan Montague, who ran in the first two touchdowns for the Comets. In the last seconds of the first quarter, South Garner brought in kicker Drew Levy for a field goal. Levy made the 49-yard field goal, his longest of the season, to make the end of the first quarter score, South Garner 3, Clayton 14. His longest this year is 44. He hasn't missed in four attempts this
1: year. This is a big one. Clean hold. It knuckles toward the left upright, and gone! (laughs) Longest field goal of the year for Levy. He remains perfect.
0: South Garner started the second quarter off with running back Micah Scurlock recovering a fumble, and wide receiver Zaire Hines catching a deep pass for a first down. Clayton's defense stopped every attempt to get into the end zone, and Drew Levy was brought in again for another field goal. Although South Garner was strong, Clayton took possession of the ball and refused to let go. Nehemiah Smith scored a touchdown for the Comets, followed by an interception by Cameron Royal, a third touchdown by Montague, a turnover by Chris Kinsey, and a pass caught in the end zone by Tavon Evans.
1: He was going to limbo below, and around the right side, and there goes Nehemiah Smith for the Comets touchdown. Second and six, intercepted across the middle, and there goes Cameron Royal inside the thirty and punchdown around the fifteen yard line. Oh my God!
0: Montague, the keeper. Hard cut left, moving forward, and there is his third touchdown of the night. Oh, he's in, ball was stripped, Kinsey has it, I didn't hear a whistle, and Kinsey, bowling through a tumbles to the 15-yard line. The first half ended with Clayton at 35, and South Garner at 6. The second half of the game was rounded out by Clayton, with two more touchdowns by wide receivers C.J. Martin and Court Schmidlin. The final Friday night rival score was Clayton 49, South Garner 6. After the match, sideline reporter Kendall Smith talked to Coach Scott Chadwick. So much support from this community. We talked about them earlier in the week. What makes this fan base, this community so special that helps you win games like these? I,
1: I think that was all on display tonight. You know, we came out here and on the big stage that you guys gave us, our community stepped up, our school stepped up, and then these guys stepped up to really put on a great show.
0: Well, it's time to hand over the trophy. Congratulations to the Clayton Comets. They are the winner of our CBS Friday Night Rivals Game of the Week presented by Campbell University. Great job, guys. Jane Patrick. Monty Sanders, you are currently the assistant men's basketball coach at Campbell University. And you went to high school here in Raleigh, so you yeah. are a local boy. I am. Were you born and raised 9. here?
1: Born and raised Wake uh, Med. Um, lived in the same uh, house growing up for until I went to college off of Leadmine Road. Um, yeah, been in this area for my whole life.
0: Has sports always been part of your life? Were you always the kid with the ball in their hand?
1: Yes, yes. So my dad played for Honglo Trotters, same as Twiggy Sanders. Um, he played for 17 years uh retired when I was I know, maybe 10, somewhere in there. Uh, so I grew up in a locker room, like every memory I have as a child is in a locker room, in a gym. He started coaching after that, which is where I caught the coaching bug. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally, you know, people make fun of me like I, I, they say I didn't have a childhood. Like I had the best childhood.
0: So growing up with a, a dad who was a professional basketball player, did you get to travel with him?
1: So when I was born, my dad was in Australia or or somewhere outside of the country. When they got back to the country, they were playing in Madison Square Garden. I was six weeks old and we flew up to New York when I was six weeks old. And the very first time I met my dad was in the, I guess uh, probably a hotel, I don't even remember where, but literally the first experience I have is traveling.
0: I mean it's literally there's no other thing that you could be I think. There's, so there's, it's a yeah. it's a natural progression for you to grow up and I've be grown up in basketball. In
1: Lock rooms, gyms and hotel rooms.
0: Would your dad maybe have been okay if you had said, "Oh, dad, I like football." Or, you know, "Hey dad, I don't really want to play sports."
1: You know, I don't know. I don't know. Luckily for him, like I was obsessed early. That's good. Like I fell in love with basketball. I mean, like not even trying to be cliché, it was literally my first love.
0: That's great. And
1: so he never had to worry about it, you know. Uh, But I don't know that I would have been accepted had it been any other way. I don't know. We'll I have to find out.
0: Growing up, you played basketball and you went to Cardinal Gibbons. Is Mm -hmm. that right? Yes. Um, Was it a calculated thing like I'm going to high school to play basketball, to continue this?
1: Yeah. So um, I was actually in the sixth grade. So I'm about 6'6 now. In the sixth grade, I was about 6'2". And I wore a size 15 shoe.
0: So you stood out a bit.
1: And by the time I was in eighth grade, I was about 6'4 and a size 16 shoe. Mm-hmm. So I could not walk, literally could not walk in chew gum. I was so bad at basketball. Really? I was awful. But like I loved a, it.
0: Like a baby deer on ice kind of I situation, right? Like you gotta.
1: If there was a change of directions, I was going down. Yeah. You know, like if it was like stationary, I was in the half court. Just staying there. I blocked a lot of shots. I had 17 blocks in an eighth grade game.
0: Dang. Yep.
1: Um, I probably missed every shot I took that game, but 17 blocks. But I was terrible. Mm-hmm. So I went to Cardinal Gibbons with no expectations of really like – because I, I just loved to play. I didn't think that I was good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My dad didn't put the pressure on me to be good. That's good. I just played because I loved it. Mm-hmm. And so there was no – I wasn't like one of these kids who's like a prodigy from an early age, Like I was the opposite of a prodigy. But I loved it, so I just, you know, I hooped all the time. Um, Went to Gibbons, kind of found my coordination like halfway through my freshman year and then just kind of took off. Um, But there was no, it it was awesome because there was no expectations put on me. That's good. Probably because I suck so bad.
0: So, I, you know, I watch tennis and there's a lot of guys who are super tall in tennis. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that they talk about a lot is that it's hard to move back and forth. Oh. And I expect that basketball is similar because it's a smaller court, right? Yeah. It's it's more difficult to get your body to move yes. quickly side to side. Is that something that you focused on as you were kind of growing into your body and getting used to your body that yeah. came easier? Or did you have to really work at that?
1: Um, My dad got me like an agility trainer when I was... Once I got really serious about it, making it a, you know, making it a, um, when I, I got serious about playing in college when I was probably like a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. and he got me a trainer then. Um, and we spent a lot of time just run this direction, stop, run the other direction. And I used to think it was so stupid, but it was so valuable mm-hmm. because you're exactly right. Like, you know, when you're young, you grow a lot early. Getting that coordination is the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent my whole career working with post players. I love it. Uh, and even when you get kids at the college level who are 18 years old and they're 7 feet, 6'10", yeah. they just have no control over their limbs. The ones that do are usually the ones that go to Duke and NC State and Carolina. Um, but, uh, yeah, at that age, it's there's nothing more important. Just Just learn how to run without falling over
0: is there a point you can remember when you were playing basketball where it was like, I didn't have to think about that so hard. Wait, my body's kind of catching up. That was a little easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I stopped growing once I got to like ninth grade. So my body finally kind of caught up around 10th grade. Uh, Things clicked for me the summer between 10th and 11th grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was finally like a good player. And I remember a lot of it was just, I could just run. My knees weren't hurting anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, um, It was just easy to run. (laughs) It's literally that simple. You know, when you're tall and you're young, when you can learn how to run. Yeah. Yeah. Everything changes.
0: I would assume at some point you made varsity if you were going to go on to play college. Right.
1: So I actually made varsity as a freshman, probably just because of my my dad, who my dad was. Um, And by the end of that year, I was playing a lot. I think I was starting, but we don't think we were very good. You know, so it's not like it was anything special. Um, And then sophomore year, I was on varsity and actually had a role where I played well and but it was probably like junior year where I was an actual like recruitable prospect um but the, the best thing about it and this is something that that I, I I hate for kids nowadays is like I'd never had the pressure like I'd never had the pressure to be good it wasn't until I put it on myself you know that that it came and nowadays that's just not the case like if you're tall and you're 14 years old everyone's expecting you to be great sure it's like how could you expect that from a 14 year old you know like yeah, some 14-year-olds are going to be great relative to other 14-year-olds. Yeah. Even they're not great, you know, like.
0: As a parent, do you look at that and think, like, like you want them to um, find some joy in it as well as it making absolutely. work? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Becoming a parent was the best thing for my coaching career. Because um, it, it, you know how it is, like when you become a parent, everything, the way you see everything changes.
0: And all the kids are my kids. I care about all the kids.
1: Yes, yes. And when you, you know, in college, when you're recruiting you know everyone on our team i had a hand in recruiting and so you've gotten to know them you got to know their parents and their girlfriends and their ex-girlfriends and you know you're just so invested it's like man like how do you how do you not feel their failures and feel their successes you mm-hmm. know um and then we kind of um skip that process now with young kids and it's it's a little bit disheartening uh we just put pressure and labels on them so early and those learning curves, like that, I was able to gradually go through. They're they're expedited, and it's not fair to the kids.
0: How long have you been in the recruiting college business?
1: Um, I think this is gonna be year sixteen coming up in coaching.
0: What is that process like? You know, you're trying to build your team next year. Right. You've already got people on it, mm-hmm. and you want the incoming freshmen. Do yep. you? Go countrywide? Do you focus on North Carolina?
1: Yeah. So I actually am leaving tomorrow to go to Portugal um, for the European Championships. Uh, at Campbell, we recruit internationally very, very heavily. Half our team's international. Wow. Um, and just kind of where we are in the landscape of college basketball. I mean, North Carolina, I think there's 13 Division I schools in North Carolina, which is obviously like this is like the basketball hotbed of America. Right. And for us to recruit in-state is very hard.
0: Because just, so many people are going for all of the the students. It's
1: just an unbelievably over-recruited area. I see. Um, and, you know, we, we, we've we had success, but we haven't had the level of success as like a Davidson, you know, um, yet. And so if a kid wants to go, if he's not going go to go NC State or Carolina or Duke, that next tier, you know, they think Davidson first before mm-hmm. they think Campbell. You know, and instead of settling, we've gone international a lot. And so to come back to your question, like for recruiting, we go to where we can find the best players who are excited about Campbell. And as of late, that's been international. So that's where we go. Um, college basketball has become such a big business that people are always surprised when I tell them, like, how we recruit. Yeah. It's expensive, you know, but college basketball programs are run like Fortune 500 companies now, you know, and. Recruiting is reflects that.
0: You've been in North Carolina for a long time. Yep. You grew up here and you did college here as mm-hmm. well, right? What do you think of the overall? I mean, you talked about it being a big sports state. Yes. What yes. do you think of like Wake County and the Triangle overall as far yeah. as sports go? Um,
1: so from a basketball perspective, um, it's as good of a basketball talent skill. Um, care, we talk about care, like kids who play basketball here, they care. Um, it's as good as you'll find the country. You know, there's a lot of places that are are known for football and, you know, down south and, you know, volleyball on the West Coast. Like North Carolina is basketball,
0: especially I was a, weekend. Yeah, I was a little bit struck because I came from California. I was mm-hmm. a little bit struck by the intensity oh, yeah. of sport here. Oh, yeah. And now working for Friday Night Rivals and high school hoops, I get to see kind of a behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, how it works, and how one of our local teams usually ends up making it into the national championships, yeah. which, uh, yeah. you know, that kind of speaks to the level of sport here in Absolutely. the area.
1: It's, it's awesome. And, and, you know, one of the best, one of the most fun parts of my job is when I go recruiting towards the end of the high school season. You see a lot of, like, state playoff games and or, you know, games, regular season games where they're down the stretch. And um, I was at a garner Millbrook game years ago. Um Milbrook had a kid, Jordan Whitfield, who actually played at Campbell. Uh Garner had um Tyler or something end up playing NC State and somewhere else. So there's a lot of you know big name players in the in the game. And it was a maybe a second round playoff game at Garner High School. It was completely sold out. I mean, it was I had to call the coach, like, hey, can you let me in around back? Like I'm I i can not get in and I'm there to recruit. And uh, he lets me in and I had to stand like on like the wall, on the yeah. baseline, the whole game. It was hot. The fire marshal was probably ticked off. Like <laughs> it was the best sporting event, top five sporting events of my life. And it was a high school basketball game.
0: I bet the the, the buzz of everybody so excited. Oh, every
1: single shot, one side of the building went nuts, you know, and, and um, it was an overtime game. Uh, Milbrook ended up winning in overtime. And I don't know that it was ever more than, like, a five-point lead either way, you know. And there's there's people who will probably watch this podcast who were there, and they'll probably comment, like, yeah, I was at that game. They'll know. They'll know. They'll know. But it, it, it's like, you know, you don't get that everywhere. I've been recruiting in a lot of different places. Um, you don't get that level of investment from everybody in the building. Like, everyone was living and dying on the high school basketball mm-hmm. game, you know. And so, yeah, being in this part of the country – you know, working in basketball is like, it's the best. It's the best.
0: I love that we have, you know, we've got UNC and Duke and NC State. And mm. I love that they bring the championships to those arenas yeah. every year. Yeah. It gives the kids a chance to like, I bet they walk in there and they just look up and say, Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, I yeah. can't believe that this is as big as it actually is.
1: I've coached in a lot of different places. Uh, I've had, you know, the fortune to coach in Cameron several times. And no matter how many times you play there, when you walk into Cameron Indoor and you look up, you're like, wow. Same thing with the Dean Dome. You walk into Dean Dome and you're like, oh, my God. You know, like there's Jordan's jersey, or You know, and I grew up an NC State fan. You mm-hmm. know, so when you walk into, you know, PNC and you see, you know, Ronnie Shavelik or whoever it is hanging up in the stands. Like, it's like, even for me, and I'm an adult, like, yeah. so I can only imagine like a 16, 17 year old kid walks into the. You know, our Reynolds Coliseum, mm-hmm. you know, where it's held now. It's like, that's it's pretty cool. And but,
0: now it's, I suppose, was the championships always televised?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: Because hmm, we air it now every year. Okay. You know, And uh, we do all of the games on both of our channels, on the okay. CW and RDC. And it's so fun to yeah. watch the, you know, because the celebrations and the awards ceremonies. Yeah. And this is like the biggest point yeah. in their life yes. at that point
1: even um, if you go on to play in college that's mm-hmm. still going to be the highlight you know
0: having such a i mean cuz what they're like 16 17 18 right mm-hmm. having that kind of um achievement yeah. so early in their life i bet it's uh it's something to push you off right yeah. it's something to move you forward and say like i want to you yeah. know continue with that I,
1: I played in some big games in college and coached in a lot of big games but one of the the the, the most vivid memories that I will always have is in high school playing against Steph Curry, you know, or playing against Anthony Morrow in the, in the playoffs. He was at Charlotte Latin and, you know, some of these big names that you know, go on to play in the NBA. But when you're a teenager and you're playing in these games, it's like, and it's packed crowd, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it doesn't get much better than that. It really Can we go
0: doesn't. back? Did you say you played against Steph Curry?
1: I, unfortunately for me, <laughs> my high school and college career lined up against Steph Curry. Really? So I've played Steph probably 10 times. And the only time I won was the very first time he played. Mm. He was at Charlotte Christian. I was, I was at Cardinal Gibbons.
0: So the thing is, like, as a casual, flip, you know, um, sports watcher mm-hmm. like I am, even I know who Steph Curry is. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. He's, he's a he's big deal. A big deal. He's a big deal. Was he a big deal then?
1: So, the very first time we played, uh, I think I may have been a junior in high school. So, he was probably a sophomore in high school. And the only reason I knew who he was is because Del Curry walked in the building. Oh, okay. You know, and back then he was not too far removed from, from playing for the Hornets. And someone was like, Yeah, that's his kid over there. And he's the jersey is like engulfing him. Yeah. Like he's so small. And so I was like, yeah, but he's really good. You know, we were good that year. And um, I'm sure, pretty sure he came out and hit like three threes, like bang, bang, bang. I'm like, what? You know, and we ended up winning the game. But like, I'll never forget, like, I was like, that kid is good.
0: You can look at some of them and see like, oh, okay. It's different. Yeah.
1: It's just the way the ball comes out of his hands and the quick release. Like, it's just just different. You just know.
0: And they won some championships, right? The –
1: his high school team? No,
0: no, his uh, NBA team. Who is the
1: Golden State Warriors? Thank you, California.
0: Yep. I knew they were in California. Yep, yep. that's they've, right. They've won, right? They,
1: he's. I think Steph has four rings. Wow. Three or four rings.
0: That's cool, though. Like Two MVPs. you see, you've seen little baby Steph and and watched yep. him do something well, then, like that. Then
1: fast forward to college when he was at Davidson, the year they went to the Elite Eight, they beat my. I was at Elon, and they beat us in the SoCon championship game. Um. So. The year they went to that big huge run, we like to say they had to beat us first. Right. Yeah. You know, and and it was a great game. It was a great game.
0: I always wonder when we're at our broadcast, when we're at high school hoops and Friday Night Rivals, when we see those kids that have that little extra something, yeah. you know, like I wanna follow them. Yeah. We had Byron Brown from Rollsville, yeah. who he's at um he's in college in Florida now. Yeah. He's their quarterback now. Yeah. And seeing um students who are able to like you know, move up and do that, and yeah. I feel like the proud mama now. Like, oh, I saw that guy play a couple yeah. of years, and now like we're watching him. How go much on. fun is that? And I'm gonna have those stories now. Yeah. Like, oh, that guy, just like you have like your Steph Curry story. I I want to have one of those.
1: And it's so easy to do in this area because all you do is go to a high school football game of the week, or right? Go to the basketball game. You know, in the you know your local school, there's so much talent in this area. Yes, you're gonna see. If you go to enough games, you're gonna see someone who's gonna be a NFL running back or a NBA point guard or yeah. a WNBA you know small forward. Like you're gonna see great players there's at a their young age.
0: There's an Olympic swimmer who goes to college here. There's uh yeah. there's a track and field uh player who's the hundred meters hurdles who just went to Eugene for the under 20 championships. I see now that I'm in this world, yeah, I kind of I see that web come out of North Carolina oh, yeah. now. It's it's, r- awesome. it's really fun to see. It's really exciting as I'm learning more about sport and as I'm yeah. learning more about the process. Um, actually, I was going to ask you because you are a recruiter. I don't know anything about how high school kids get to college. Yeah. Um, what? Hi, I'm a basketball player. I play varsity. I want to yeah. go to college. What do they do?
1: Well, the first thing that every kid should understand is if they're, this is not an official number, but let's say there's a thousand division one men's basketball scholarships a year. If there's a thousand scholarships available, there's 10,000 kids who are good enough for that scholarship, Mm -hmm. at least probably more than that, probably 20,000. So right off the bat, you've got to find a way to separate yourself beyond just your talent or your size or your vertical. You know, you've got to find a way to stand out and you know it could be academically it could be um the way you carry yourself as a teammate you know you've got to find those what we like to call intangibles they're really not intangibles are they? they're they just common sense like be a good teammate be a good student like mm-hmm. it's not that hard um you've got to find those ways to stand out because those are the, the like if you're looking at three different kids that are all about the same well one's a bad student one's a bad teammate all right i'm going to take the third kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's very, very common. And I don't know how many kids truly believe that. Um, is that a
0: tough part of your job?
1: It's really not. No, like because, you, you
0: see what you want and you're fine with that.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, I get paid to win games, right. Um, more than that. But at the end of the day, that's my job mm-hmm. and I have children, right. That depend on me to food on table like anybody it else.
0: Makes sense. You don't want to lose, do you? It's
1: very simple, you know. And so, if there's a kid who's a horrible teammate, why would I want that? It's a good point. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's um, not talked about enough. Um, but more importantly, I don't know that we're setting a great example in youth sports right now, mm-hmm. um, and, and that has to be better because it's too—it's actually too easy for me to cut kids off of a list
0: for not being good teammates or
1: or having horrendous grades Mm -hmm. you know or because you know before we give a kid i mean to go to campbell four years it's gonna be like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar investment right so before we invest a quarter of a million dollars in you like i'm gonna call your guidance counselor i'm gonna talk to everybody you've ever played for Mm -hmm. i'm gonna see like do you treat people with respect or are you a butthole (laughs) <laughs> you know, like it's very simple. Yeah. You know, that's how most people operate.
0: Do you try to kind of slide in under the radar, um, not really announce yourself so that you get, uh, you know, you were talking about they, they're going to put on their best show when a recruiter's yeah. in the house, right? Like, For do sure. you want to see, not necessarily like they're always going to play good, but do you want to see more of like they're not in a spotlight?
1: Yeah. So here's a, here's a, um, here's a secret. Whenever we call, whenever I call a high school coach and say, hey, can you get me film on Joe? he's gonna send me your two best games, but it's 2023. I don't have to go through your high school coach to get film. Like I can go to YouTube or Huddle mm-hmm. and I can find pretty much all of your film. It's, it's almost too easy now. So he's gonna give me two games, I'll watch those two, but I'm gonna go find the two games you played horrible. Mm-hmm. Your two worst games, I'm gonna watch those. And if when you're playing bad, you're yelling at your teammates and sitting on the other bench pouting, you may have had 50 in those other two games. But we're not gonna recruit you. And people always say, "Well, how could you not recruit this kid? Like, weren't you at that game, or didn't you see that game?" Like, yeah, but I also saw the, the game the week before. Right. Where he cursed at one of his teammates because he threw him a bad pass. Like, and so how you do anything is how you do everything. We've all heard that quote. Like, and that's very, very true in 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 everything, including basketball. You know, like, don't be a butthole
0: <laughs> when you are with your team. Um- outside of recruiting and you guys are working on your season, do you, do you try to work on that? Like you made a mistake or we lost, or this is a good way to handle that. Or, Hey, let's like support each other as a team instead of kind of trying to put blame on who did that.
1: Um, one of my favorite books, um, culture code. One of the things that he talks about is like the best thing a leader can do is say that I messed up. And so one thing that we try to do is lead by example. Mm-hmm. When we make mistakes, maybe we, you know, in coaching, you're always trying to create new drills and find ways to keep kids engaged. And sometimes, you know, I've created drills that just are awful. Right. They just don't work. There's just too many, too many kids, too many balls bouncing and people running into each other. And, you know, the best thing I can do to to show my players um how to handle mistakes is say, hey guys, I screwed that up. That was a horrible drill, let's move on. And little things like that, I think go a long way in teaching kids how to like handle adversity or how to handle mistakes and all that stuff. Um, But it's gotta come from the top, for sure.
0: I suppose even in a college situation, you know, they're 18 years old, they haven't completely regulated, right? And so working as an example, the same way you would with any kids, right, is probably gonna help them in the long run.
1: Absolutely, they're kids. Everything you do, they're they're taking it in. And again, we talked about this, like becoming a parent's the best thing to have in my career. Like I had no idea how many things I was doing that my, you know, little girl was paying attention to. It's true. And it's the same thing in coaching. It's the exact same thing. If every time somebody misses a shot, you throw your hands up and mutter under your breath, well, what do you think they're gonna do when their teammates miss a shot? Absolutely. You know, it's very it's the same thing.
0: I'm a terrible loser. And being a parent, um I have a couple of kids who are, you know, they're not great losers. Yeah. And I have to regulate myself to help them learn that like, you know, hey, it's it's not the end of the world. Let's just be gracious in whatever just happened yeah. so that we can move on.
1: That's a very tough, tough line to walk, right? Because you want to have kids who are ultra competitive, you know, like they're motivated because they hate to lose. Mm-hmm. But you also want them to understand that it's not the end of the world.
0: Right. Not every... Every single person who has been great has lost at oh, some point in their life, no, right? No doubt. You know, Wimbledon just finished and Novak Djokovic was trying to go for his 24th major yeah. and he lost. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he still has 23 majors, yeah. right? So his accomplishments are not diminished because he lost. No. He played a great game. And I suppose that's with any sport that you're in. Yeah. Even if you lost this game or you were talking about you all got to the big game and, and didn't make it, right? Yeah. Like, that's tough to do, but you still got to yeah. the big game. Like, yeah. congratulations on that, right?
1: It's 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 hard because also, you know, it's probably a little bit easier for, for Djokovic to move on from not winning 24. Right. But I wonder how he handled the last time he lost before he won number one, you know?
0: That's a good point. And,
1: like, how did he handle that? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of like, how do you – Get that edge and still be grateful, graceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you figure that one out, you should write a book.
0: There's a few, um, I follow tennis pretty heavily. There's a few, let's say, ungrateful losers. Yeah. And I don't like to watch them. Yeah. I don't want to watch somebody who's going to scream at their box when they're losing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I see that in all of the different teams that we go and watch. I can yeah. see the ones who are gelled as a team and I feel like they probably have some leaders who yep. don't just say like you lost your bad you know I feel like they probably bring them together in other ways yeah one of the
1: best lessons I've learned as a coach uh for the first guy I worked for his name is Matt Matheny he's um he was a head coach at Elon for 10 years where I worked for him he's now at, at Davidson um before if when you lose a game before you talk to a player before you talk to your staff before you talk to a parent watch the film watch the film I would say that to any young coach out there like don't give emotional responses to highly emotional situations right like if you lost a tough game and you're angry just gotta you gotta watch the film Mm -hmm. because you'll probably see something in the film that was maybe out of your control or was in your control and you can do better yeah um or an area that you've been working with a kid on and he tried to do it. And he just didn't get done. Right, and it it changes the perspective of the game to how do we get better instead of how do we assign blame, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and and that's easier for a coach than it is for a player in the moment for sure. But but it's it's kind of the same thing. Like just remove yourself from it and let it hurt. Right. But you know, re- emotions root.
0: are such a difficult thing anyway. And when it's you know high stakes yeah. or when you know I bet. There's a lot of disappointment there as well, you know. Like you wanted to do better for your teammate, and now you have to figure out a way to like help them yeah. move past it. Oh yeah. Is there something that you do with your team to kind of like make them cohesive? Do you help them to get to know each other and yeah. and, and be more than just the basketball team?
1: So we're going to play paintball this weekend. That's so amazing. Our, our guys are here over the summer. Um, we recruit internationally, like I like I mentioned earlier, and and so we a lot of our guys are. Uh, we've got two lithuanians um a turkish kid kid from london a kid from australia um so we have kids from all over um and so when there's holidays mm. they don't necessarily have anywhere to go so we sure. always had the kids over the house you know like i've had our team over at our house for for cookouts and stuff and you know the kids love it again it's kind of like how i grew up like i just grew up around players mm-hmm. um but stuff like that, it, when you bring them into the fold of your house, of your home, or when you go somewhere and play paintball outside of the gym, it just creates an environment that's just more real, normal, mm-hmm. organic, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's vital for any team, any team sport. Like you gotta connect with your teammates and your coaches and and outside of wherever you train and play, because it's the only way that you're gonna have real relationships. And they're going to be functional when it's like the heat of the heat of battle, mm-hmm. you know, like heat of the moment, like you can tell when teams are close and when they're not.
0: So I find high school sports and college sports to be interesting because it's a constantly moving river mm-hmm. because the kids grow up and they go on, right? And they move. Yeah. How do you keep that kind of culture yeah. when it's people are graduating, people are leaving, people are moving on and you've got to bring those new guys in now? Yeah.
1: One of the things I love, and I, I will shout out Cardinal Gibbons whenever given the opportunity. Uh, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me was going to Cardinal Gibbons High School, uh, and I played for his name's Greg Burton. He's no longer the coach there, but he was there for I don't know maybe 15 years. Um, but he started a tradition that every Christmas, when kids are you know home from college or they live in the area, they could be you know grown with kids. Doesn't matter if you are a Cardinal Gibbons basketball alum. On Christmas Eve, there's a pickup game. And it's the current players against whoever comes back. And so for years, you know, like it could be someone who graduated last year or someone who graduated 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And so it's created this network, this community. And there's only been a handful of coaches since Burton. The now head coach, my best friend Brent Nolan, played with me for Burton. And so that tradition, and there's been a couple in between, but they've all been Cardinal Gibbons guys. And so there's been a, community created through that simple thing and so even though the players are changing over the over time the standard is the same the expectation is the same because of something as small as that mm-hmm. you know
0: and so those guys who are seniors now who came in as freshmen who were kind of given that and taught that they move on yeah. and then they kind of teach it to the younger guys they take pride it in to it to pull it up they and take
1: pride in it you know and, and then also you know creates hey you I need someone who's you know in real estate law. Do you know someone? Yeah, you remember so and so played at Gibbons. Oh yeah, we played in the game last year. You know, like it's, yeah. it's 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 awesome.
0: I see a little bit of that Jay Sunhalter, our our color commentator, yeah. who introduced me to you. Yep, the man knows everybody who went everywhere.
1: Jay, so Jay and I played AAU basketball together. Capital C Cyclones, nine and under maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Like babies, you guys were babies. babies.
1: And Jay's a large man. He is. You know and I'm a large guy, and we were both like large kids. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so we've known each other, for, I don't know, almost 30 years, you know? But that's, basketball is, it, it, that's why I, I really hope that youth sports can can turn it around, because the opportunity I had to create relationships was because there wasn't pressure mm-hmm. put on me at 13 years old. Yeah. I was just playing. And it was just joy, and so I developed relationships, and they become my best friends for a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, I see less of that, and I hope we can get it back.
0: I hope so too. I mean, I won't say how old you guys are, but all these decades later, right? Yes, like yes. still having that network.
1: Yeah. Well, I did say almost thirty years, and we played together nine and under, so I probably. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I gave There's too much read. information. <laughs> gave too much info.
0: Don't worry, I'm still I'm your generation too. So yeah. when I can say things like. 20 years ago when I did this, yeah. and I was still a grown adult 20 years ago. It's yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> Dating
1: ourselves. Yep. Yes.
0: Monty Sanders, who is the assistant coach at Campbell University, I appreciate you coming in and chatting yep. with us today. And he also has a podcast, Girls Dad United, so we'll uh, we'll link to that as Check well. Check us out. It's Check us out. parenting, right?
1: It's uh, a bunch of girl dads who realized we didn't know what we were doing, and uh, we decided to join our village. and. Talk about it.
0: I can't wait until the episode when you say, oh, my daughter's going to play basketball.
1: Oh, it's going to be bad.
0: That's amazing, though. I don't
1: know if I'm going to be able to coach. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if it'll be better to coach her or to not coach her.
0: That's a good point.
1: You know, uh, and and that's going to be a very stressful thing, I'm sure. But it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Thank you so much for joining us and uh, good luck on your next season. Thank you
1: very much. Thanks for having me.
0: This week on Friday Night Rivals, Green Hope takes on Holly Springs. Catch the game live Friday at 7 on MyRDC, streaming on MyRDCTV.com slash watch, and on Facebook Live. Thanks again to my guest this week, Monty Sanders. And if you have a sports story you'd like to hear on the podcast— email us at Sports at sbgtv.com. Thanks for listening to Game Time in the Triangle. I'm your host, Tricia Williamson. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great day, and congratulations to the Friday Night Rivals Game Trophy winners, the Clayton Comets.